When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest today is the wonderful, oh-so-talented Tom Shalhoub. You've seen him on the Fox News Channel as a guest, a panelist on Gutfeld. He's an author, he's a singer, a comedian, a host on Fox Nation as well. He has a one-man show touring the U.S. this year and next year, which you'll hear about in our discussion. And this coming week, you can watch our one-hour special, and I was so excited to take part in it again, The Christmas Challenge featuring some of your favorite Fox people debating very controversial holiday-themed topics with some very funny and surprising quiz topics. It was even better than last year, if I do say so myself, and that's a pretty hard task. Guaranteed laughs and smiles the whole way through and hosted by my wonderful guest today, Tom Shalhoub. Tom Shalhoub, you made the Dean's List. Excellent. Yay. It only took another year. It was a year? It's been a year because I had you on to talk about the awesome Christmas debate of 2022. And now we're talking about this brand new Fox Nation Christmas special. What's it called? The Great Christmas Showdown. Ah. It's a showdown. It's not just a debate. Yes. I feel that there's more bells and whistles this year. Yeah. Because basically, we didn't want to just debate issues. We had to bring in lots of things. We brought in the audience. Yes. We have people out on the street asking questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's a showdown to end all showdowns, except next year we'll probably do it again. I hope so, because it gets better and better. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. And I, I think the great thing for the Fox News and the Fox Nation fans is that they get to see the Fox News personalities kind of horsing around and having a good time. Yes. Maybe more so than they ever thought of. Yeah, I know, because we really... <laughs> like Jimmy Fallon, I mean, he's off the charts. Yes, but I mean, is he ever on the charts? <laughs> <laughs> and also Raymond Arroyo. Yeah, Rich- Raymond, great, and he's got a lot of Christmas spirit. He's touring his big Christmas I, album now. I want him on the podcast, but he keeps saying he's so busy. Yeah. Can you make a phone call to him? I will. I'll, I'll text him and say, Raymond, let's make it happen. Yeah, I mean, he's got all sorts of things going on. I didn't know he was like a show tunes guy. Total show tunes guy. And he's got a big band. What? Yeah. He, that's, he recorded his Christmas album with a big band. And now he's touring with the big band. And he has uh, Jose Feliciano coming no, and joining him Feliz on stage. Feliz Navidad guy? Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Frankie Avalon is joining no. him. Yeah, he's pulling Stop out all it. his connections to the business. Holy moly. And he decided to come on the broadcast for the Christmas showdown with us. You want a little trivia? Yes, I do. Sean McCourt, yep. Fox News producer of the Christmas showdown. Yes. I was talking to him about Raymond Arroyo, and he said... Raymond directed me in a play at NYU. What? I'm not kidding. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, how old is Raymond Arroyo? Oh, we can't. I mean, it's, 
I mean, <laughs> we're not going to get be, into any of that. Right. He has like some kind of magic because yeah. he looks like he's about 30 years old. That's right. He's got a magic Christmas hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he's going to be coming up on uh, an upcoming edition of the Janice Dean podcast. But for now, my friend, it's you. And you are touring as well. You've got a comedy show. That's right. I have a, a show that I wrote about my parents. Uh, you know, after your parents pass away, you go through all your stuff. And my dad passed away a few years before my mom. My mom passed away last year. So we went into the house, went through all of the things. And I found what I call a treasure trove of poetry and prose in my father's filing cabinet. That he, he wrote? He was a writer, a secret writer. <gasps> Thousands and thousands of pages. No. Yes. And you didn't know this about him? I, I knew that he wrote verse because occasionally for someone's birthday or if someone was in the hospital, he would come out, he, Big Jack's in the sack at the hospital. And he would, you know, he would kind of do a little bit of a sing-songy verse, you know. Yes. He was an Irish uh, guy who, he was he was a literary guy. He was into storytelling. But I didn't know about this treasure trove. Wow. It was a, it was a. Uh, an amazing resource. So basically what I did was I took his writing and I made a show out of it. Oh my goodness. I, so I bring his writing to life on the stage. Oh, this is so heartwarming. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. He, How- he wouldn't have even approved. He was a private man. <laughs> you know, he it, he would write these and some of it's very deep and very emotional, but he put it in the filing cabinet. And, you know, I say at the end of the show, I don't think my father would approve of me airing all of this secret writing on yes. stage. And then I just look up and say, too late now, Dad. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, tell me about that. What was that like when you first found those incredible pieces of paper? It's amazing. I just kind of went up, uh, you know, into my office space and I was I spent months just going through it. And there's more. There's too much to put into a show. Handwritten or typed? Uh, a, a little of both, but okay. mostly handwritten. He used to write on on uh, legal pads, yes. on yellow legal pads, and yes. uh, longhand. Both he and my mother had great uh, the Palmer Method handwriting, oh, you know, from yeah, Catholic beautiful. school. And so my mom had a bunch of writing, her schoolwork and things like that in there. But she was an artist, so my mother's uh, paintings. And pastels and other drawings, they're featured in the show as well because oh. my mom left us a lot of watercolors and she went through different phases of her art um, career, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I tell stories about my mom, I tell stories about my dad, and then I kind of reveal through the, the writing. And then some secrets, some family secrets came out that I didn't know about and kind of... Oh. Yeah, so they, there's one secret about my mom and one about my dad, and they both come out at the end of the show. Now, what would you call this? Is this? I, I thought it was comedy, but it sounds it is. more than that. It is. I'm doing it in comedy clubs, which is a little bit you know weird. It's it's not a comedy club show. I mean, it it is. I'm doing stand-up. I'm doing what I always do. Okay. I tell stories about my life. That's the way my stand-up is. Mm-hmm. But now it, there are points in the show when it, it is quite heartfelt and poignant and so you don't expect that in a comedy club so i tell people ahead of time you're about to see a show that i wrote about my family mm. and i'm going to be bringing you back to hyde park in the 1940s that's there's a whole letter my father wrote and he he brings his childhood to life in this amazing piece of writing it's 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 worth the whole show oh. and so the i i go there into the into the 40s we play sentimental music from that period and i try to bring that alive you know for my dad to to do his writing justice so you don't see that often in a comedy club but 
they're ready for it. You know, I mm-hmm. tell them this is what this is what we're doing here. Yeah. So, <laughs> what about would you put this? Would you give this a Fox Nation special idea? Um, I don't know. I, I like there's something about live theater that I I really love. Yes, and sometimes when you see theater reproduced in uh, in you know in video it mm-hmm. doesn't have that specialness maybe we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens after i tour with it for a while what's the reaction from the audience i mean people a lot of people uh you know it's 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 emotionally you know people cry they oh. they they come up after and they say you know what i have I found my, uh, you know, I went up in the attic and I found my mom's old stuff or I just went through my dad's military papers and I found out things about, you know, everyone has these things. Mm -hmm. They find out. And you know what? The generation, our parents, they were private people. Mm -hmm. They didn't talk about all these things. So sometimes when they went through something emotional, like my dad did, uh, I mean, there's a, the crux of the emotional, uh, part of the show is that my dad lost a friend in the eighties and I didn't know it. I knew he was going through something Wow! because I was, but I was 19 and I had, uh, you know, my own things going on. Mm -hmm. I knew my dad was experiencing something. He had a kind of a, an emotional crisis, but he didn't share it with me. And so I kind of talk about those moments that that I I knew my dad was going through something, but I didn't know what. And now I found out because I read this letter that he wrote back then. Wow. You know, Sean, my husband's parents died during COVID and yeah. sort of the same story when they went to the apartment that they lived in for over 50 years in Brooklyn, they found letters that, that mom and dad wrote to the kids that never gave them to yeah. them until they found them after they passed away. Very powerful. And I think that they meant that. They meant the letters to be written, but not given to the kids. And what did it say on the letter? It, said, it was just addressed to whichever child. So there's three, Michael, Sean, and Donna. And there were letters addressed and sealed. And when they did open them, they realized it was their parents' way of working something out. They wanted to talk to the kids, but found it was hard, right? Yep. Yeah. So Donna would find out there was like, you know, the dad or the mom didn't like the boyfriend she was dating. It was a way for them to express what was going on, but that they weren't able to convey to them at the time. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think that that's more common than we we think. Well, I've, w- there were five letters in my dad's filing cabinet that were supposed to be given to us after his requiem mass, after his funeral, and uh, it, you know nobody knew they were there. So he wow. wrote all these letters, he sealed them, they were in the cabinet, and then he forgot to tell my mom. Hey, by the way, <laughs> by the way, when the moment happens, there's right? letters. How was that? Did you have to sit down and sort of mentally prepare yourself for that? Well, I just, you know, I opened it, I opened it up, I read it, and then um, the uh, my wife said, uh, did you call your brothers and sisters to see what was in their letter? I said, no. Wow. Did, you know, yeah? I don't know. It was for them. It was between my dad and them. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, What does your family think of the show? Oh, I mean, my, my wife, you know, loves it. She's seen it. Um, you know, I'm probably going to bring her to the show many more times, but the kids got to see it. Uh, you know, luckily they knew my my dad. They had time to to get to know their grand grandma and grandpa, you know. So uh, I think they, uh, you know, they enjoy the show. And I think it was fun for them to see me working it out. I spent six months going through all these letters and there were a number of different shows I could have done because I have my dad's military papers. I have his dad's military papers. Wow. So there was a lot of stuff with his father, my dad's father, Dennis, that is not in the show. I wanted to include him because there's many generations. He was also a secret poet. 
Dennis, oh, his grandfather. Because I found some writing, and then there was one, you know, it was like little Michael on, you know, with the sunshine in his hair. I'm like, little Michael? Who's little Michael? And then I realized it was, this was a poem written by my dad's dad. So there was, you know, it keeps going back. So do you think your dad found the paper, you know, found these poems and writings? I wonder. I wonder if he was also... his dad died? Perhaps. Wow. You know, there's not many of them. There's only a few poems from his father. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like father, like son. But, you know, I'm sure that he was also a a private man, you know. But you find out a lot through these military letters that these, uh, you know, that were written back and forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a book. Did you think about that? I mean, yeah. I think this I mean, is something that you that people would love to see. Yeah. Well, it's I like to work things out on stage. So I, sometimes I started I did the show. I wrote the whole thing and then I did it and then I do it again and I change it. Yes. So that's when I tour. I I change the show as I as I go along mm-hmm. and I find out things about it, you know. Wow. And how long does the show continue? It's an hour. Oh, uh, the show's an hour. And I don't know how long, I mean, I'm just taking it out on the road and try, trying it out. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, are you going across country? Can people find out where they can go see the play? Yeah, if you go to TomShalou.com, the dates are on there. Right now I have six or seven dates. Uh, I'm doing Albany, I'm doing Syracuse, Boston, Providence. I don't like to go that far, but sometimes. I just did Dallas. Uh, I did uh, rather Fort Worth and Houston. Yep. You know oh. who came to see me in Houston? Who? Lee Majors. <gasps> Lee Majors, the Lee. $6 million man. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did he come backstage? Yes. He came back. What he was wanted... that like? It was the, I mean, I... <laughs> he's the $6 million man. Greg, he, he called Greg and said, hey, your buddy, the guy from your show who does Biden, I want to see his show because he saw that I was coming to Houston. Yeah. So uh, Greg gave him my number. Greg Gutfeld. Yes. Okay. And so. Does I... Greg know Lee Majors? Yes. Yes. Greg has interviewed him and they're, you know, and I think he was on. <laughs> Red Eye originally, and then <laughs> he might have done the Gutfeld show. Okay. But they talk, you know, they text. He's one of these people. You know, yes. after the show, people text Greg. I love that. And uh, so it was great to to see him, obviously. And then I called Greg after. I said, can you believe it, Greg? You and I were, when we were kids, we had, you know, the $6 million man. Of course. You know, he was, this was pre-Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Before he was, this Star was a Wars, big deal. It was Lee Majors, yep. the $6 million man. That's yes. what we played in our backyard. And the bionic woman. Yes. Lindsay, what was her name? I can't remember. But anyway. Lindsay Wagner. Yes, Lindsay Wagner. She had such feminine superpowers. She could overhear (laughs) things. You know, isn't that so classic? You know, it was all men writing these shows, but it's like, let's see, what would a superhero woman have? It's like, she's always overhearing things. (laughs) What did you just say? (laughs) It's so true. And so he came backstage and clearly he must have been touched by the by the show. Yeah. And he he was, you know, he was great and he talked shop like we were fellow actors. That's the greatest thing about it. You know, people who are performers, uh, they sit down and they want to talk about, he's like, what's your process like, you know? And, you know, did you have a director? I did have a director, a guy named Greg Wolf, a great director from New York who, uh, he's directed me in so many things. So yeah. I went to him. Mm-hmm. I went to the people that I started in the business with, you know? And uh, so, you know, and Lee Majors is talking about his career. He's still, you know, these people... They never stop, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about, he says, yeah, you know, I just did a film in New Zealand. Holy but, uh, moly. You know, I'm not getting the scripts I used to get. You know, that's the way people are. <laughs> yeah. They want to keep, you know, they're in the business. That's right. And they keep going. 
uh, I was just, I told you I interviewed John O'Hurley the other day. Same thing. Doing movies in Greece. Still performing. Doing Broadway. You know, coming up with his own way to do a show. (laughs) I think it's just in their blood. Yeah. They love it. They're not going to stop. Exactly. And he had such a career before... People know him. They're like, okay, from Seinfeld. He's the guy, you know, that character. And <laughs> yes. the act is like, that. that's what started him. Right. But that was at the, you know, that could have been the middle, the end of a long career. Totally. You know? Yeah. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The good thing is he's one of those people that you can, you know, you don't know if you broach a subject, if they've talked about it too much or they don't want to talk about it anymore. He he just will talk about anything and still has that love of the Jay Peterman character and actually did a whole, I would say, like 60 seconds of that character for me. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Oh, he's great. He and, is really great. I, I love a, that. A classic showbiz guy. He's like, a, he can host game shows. Everything. He He'll did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. He was people's most beautiful man or something like that at one point. He was? Yes. Wow. I know. There's still hope for me. Oh, (laughs) of course there is. You mean they haven't called yet? They haven't called. They keep giving it to McDreamy. Oh, (laughs) you know, I have to say that he was the the most recent sexiest man alive. I'm not sure what it is, but you look at the cover and he looks really mad. Yeah. Did you see that? It looked like he was kind of PO'd. Isn't that the way you're supposed to look like that? I don't. It's that like, just it male like model look. They there. always look like they're, you know. <laughs> That's not sexy to me. That's just like, why am I here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so the Biden character that you do is that? That's got to be one of the most popular. I mean, it's it's funny because these things happen this way. They take I'm on a new a, life. Yeah, and I'm not a, an impressionist. You know, I, I started doing stand up and you work with impressionists yes. all the time, but it's not something you ever do. <laughs> right. I came up with a bunch of impressions when I auditioned for Saturday Night Live in the late 90s, probably 99. You auditioned or, for Saturday Night Live? Yes. I mean, what? it's at some point you get, uh, but I didn't have the live audition for you. You have to submit a tape. Oh, so, what did you do? I think I did a bunch of different impressions. Okay. I think Nicolas Cage and uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Like I did whatever characters I could right. come up with at the time that were, you know, celebrities. And uh, and then maybe some old movie stars. I can't even remember. But the I never did impressions. I could always do it, yes. but it wasn't something I did. You know, it's if it's not something you excel at, you leave that to other people. Uh-huh. And then I started doing Adam Schiff for Gutfeld. Oh, my goodness. And the people loved that character. Uh, I mean, you nail it. But I it was getting sick of doing it, you know, <laughs> Adam Schiff every day, you know. And I had to put on that rouge on my yes. cheeks. So I'm thinking, like, am I going to every day on Gutfeld, I got to, you know, do the Adam Schiff. So I'm trying to think of something else to do. And I said, and, he, and Greg said to me, hey, uh, you know, we got to come up with a Schiff. And he said, but he hasn't, he's not in the news this week. And I said, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at Biden. Okay. And he said, Oh, really? Like he hadn't thought of it. Right. So I did something up. I did it and I sent it to him and he said, oh, great. He put it on the show that night. Wow. And then someone said, we got to have more of that. So I started doing it. And then I'm doing it Biden every day for the next 40 days. Right. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. Does he give you a topic of what Joe Biden would talk about or you come up with it? He gives me his 
uh, monologue. So if it's if it's the monologue, uh, then he he sends me his monologue and it mentions the White House or Joe or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end, he'll say, I wonder what Joe thinks. And that's all he leaves me. Oh, wow. So that's a great amount of trust between you two. Oh, yeah. No, Greg is very much he's I I wouldn't say he's hands off. He's very hands on on the show, but he knows what he wants. And then he trusts the people around him. Yes. So he'll say that. I mean, he'll to the writers, you know, uh, to Joe Mackey, to Joe DeVito, you know, go go do this. Do do the sketch. And he lets them do it. They shoot it and they pop it on the show. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And he kind of likes when you roll with the punches, too, when you know, he doesn't know what's going to come out of your mouth. No. And he doesn't even know what the he tells me with the Joe Biden. He watches it for the first time on the show. Oh, that's amazing. So, you know, we do it through the producers. I send it in. They they cut the thing. They put it into the show. And then Greg watches it because he likes to be entertained as he's doing the show. I love that, though. Yeah. A lot of people aren't like that. They want to micromanage till the very second. No, and it's good. It's good for his sanity. Yeah. It's also good for the show because I think people have the sense that, you know, when they look at a lot of these other late night shows, they're there. Some of them, it's very impressive. Very they have huge writing staffs. So they come up with some good stuff, but yep. it's very planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg's show is the panel is unplanned. Yep. People ask, do, do they tell you what you know what to say? No, nobody. No, it's they totally give you the winged. topic, yeah. and you don't know if he's going to call on you or not. Yeah, which is also can be very scary. Yes. <laughs> And sometimes they'll come back to you. You think, okay, I'm done. And then he'll come back, That's you know, because right. there'll, there'll be more time left in the, in the segment. Yeah. But with the looseness of the panel, if the sketches are too uh, rigid, mm-hmm. it's not going to match the feel. So yeah. there's a thrown together sense about it. You can see that we shoot all the sketches here in the Fox building. You yes. Know? It's, like, yes. it's like, here we are in the White House. Now, you know, it's the, it's the Fox <laughs> Cafe. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's low budget. You can tell we shot it on our iPhones that day. Yeah, because you do. You shoot it on your iPhone. Yeah, but that's that's fun. That's the way that there's a lot of successful YouTube shows that people shoot on their iPhones. Mm-hmm. And we don't need the uh, all this, uh, you know, Hollywood production. Yeah. Get the idea, throw it together. And then if you can see where the seams are, sometimes that makes it fun. Yeah. So you're sick of Schiff. Now are you sick of Biden? Yes. You are. But, but you know, I, I don't mind doing it. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay. The We just did one on the show with Dr. Drew. <laughs> and it was his idea. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, and I think it was Dr. Drew's wife, I think she said, hey, why don't you do that? And he called me and said, oh, you know, my wife had a good idea. Uh, how about Dr. Drew giving Joe Biden a cognitive test? Oh. <gasps> So we went up into my office. <laughs> okay. We shot it. And like it's one hard take? To sh- uh well it it's hard to shoot because I've got to do isolation on me because of the way okay. I do the, the, right. the yes. my secret Joe Biden yes. look, you know. So we had to <laughs> shoot separate things between me and Dr. Drew. So okay. we shot it, but we shoot it all on an iPhone. Yep. And uh so it was a lot of fun and uh you know, the I'll post that online. It's, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, what about your singing? I mean, you you are a barbershop quartet member. Yeah, I like to uh, sing barbershop. We were just up in the Barbershop Harmony Society. It was our 20-year anniversary of our Northeast District Championship. Wow. In 2003, we won the Northeast District Cup, and we'd been trying to get that for some time. Okay. So that's our biggest honor. We didn't win the whole—there's a, there's a whole country. There's oh. A, you know, they, it's the international But you won the Northeast District. Northeast District Champions— and it was our 20-year anniversary, so we went back to the convention, and we were kind of honored as as veterans. We used oh. to be the young guys, you know? Now we're the, 
Now we're the old pros. And you still do it. Yeah. We, it's the same quartet that we started singing with in the late 80s. Yep. Um, the first time we did it was when I was in high school. So 1984 would have been the uh, the first iteration of the quartet. And it was uh, two of the guys are, are the same from that. But we kind of hobbled together this group. And I would say 86, 87, we've been together since then. Oh, my gosh. How do you do all of this? I mean, How do you it's fit just, it all in? Well, that's there's so many things that I have that are um, basically hobbies yes. that are like lifelong hobbies. But yep. I keep adding to them. You know, I love sailing. I recently got my ham radio license. Oh my gosh, my husband did too. He did. He's a crazy person. And he's a uh, is he a fire or a first response? What's his? He's a he's a fireman. Fireman. But this yeah. is something he's always wanted to do is do he's the got ham, ham radio thing. Yep, he got the license. Oh, we ought to we got to make a, a oh, CQ. Oh, I'm sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and he's gonna be thrilled to know that there's another person that he can contact about this. Well, on K E two B R Q. That's my radio station. When you're a ham, yeah. it's amateur radio. Right. So, you know, I've done professional radio. I'm going the other direction. Wow. Have you gone to the little meetings? Yes. They're, they're, a, they're a heck of a lot of fun. It's very interesting, the people that are there. It's not much different from barbershop. It's a lot of old guys who know yes. a lot of technical stuff. Oh, yeah. But the amateur radio guys, a lot of them know more about actual radio than the pros because wow. they're working with the equipment. Yeah. It's like, remember, Radio Shack? That's what it was. Yes. It was ham radio guys. They know how to build a radio out of circuits, you know, it's and s- a soldering gun. Yeah. So I, I'm fascinated by these guys. I love the technology, and I love the idea of being able to get on my radio yep. and reach out <laughs> and talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke to someone the other day from, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, somewhere down in... Uh, um, Virginia, yeah, down on the coast, you know, and he was in his little shack down there, and I made contact with him, and I write down his call sign. Okay, and I'm key, I'm Kilo Echo Two Bravo Romeo Quebec. So you got to know the uh, yeah, you do. I remember he he studied all of that stuff because I guess you do you have to make it do a you test. Pass the test. That's right, and it's it's not just some joke test. No, you got to tell them all about the radio waves. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, Morse code, too? Uh, they don't make you do the Morse code. They but you used have to. to know it a little bit. Yeah. you ha- Well, you have to know the... Uh, you have to know the lingo. Yeah. You know, what do you call that? The military... The, the uh, you know, the alpha bravo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Well, if Sean was here, you guys would be going to town on all of this. I don't yeah. Do really you know, know his call sign? I yeah. don't, but I can yeah. find that out for you. Yeah. Yeah, he'd love make, that. make contact. Oh, and what do you do? Like, how do you how do you start the conversation? Anybody out there? You can say CQ. Oh. And I think it means like CQ is the, the letters CQ. Okay. But I think it comes from seek you, like you're oh, seeking. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think that's what it is. I mean, I don't so that's what you do? You go on here. and you say seek you and then anybody from yeah, you wherever? Find, yeah, and you can just say you're monitoring. You'll go on, you find uh, some... <laughs> some radio airspace that you're licensed to be in. There are yes. certain bands that you're allowed in, uh-huh. certain that you're not. Right. But you can go on there and you might hear some traffic. You might hear some guys talking. So they might be just chewing it a little bit. <laughs> and then you wait. You know, there's a, there's kind of an etiquette. So you oh. wait for some space. Yeah. And then I'll come in, K-E-2-B-R-Q, <laughs> Kiwi Echo 2, Kilo Echo 2, Bravo Romeo Quebec. And I say my call sign, yep. and then I say I'm monitoring, so they know I'm there, I'm listening, ah. and then they might come back with my call sign and their call sign, and I write down there. It's A lot of it's just guys writing down each other's call signs. <laughs> We're just collecting <laughs> names. 
Like, do you talk about the weather? Do no, you- sometimes we get the call sign and then it's like, all right, that's all I need. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> guys keep logbooks of just the call signs, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've never, this is the most in-depth conversation I've had about this and it wasn't with my husband. Yeah. I was just like, okay, honey, that's awesome. Yeah, great. Does he have a big antenna on the roof? And- um, I'm not sure. Yeah. But he does have a, a ball cap with his call letters on Oh, it. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So just expect that that's going to happen soon, maybe over the holidays. Yeah. So when do you do that? The, I mean, just, you know, in spare time, right. I'll go up. There's a there's a, a meeting every night at eight uh, and it's called a net. Okay. And a lot of people go on and that's literally you just check in and you say your call sign and that's it. And if that's you start it. jabbering, they'll say, hey, this is not what it's about. Oh, wow. A bunch of people. And I always call them guys. It's not all guys either. Because, of course. you know, there's there's women on the thing. I'm but sure I, they don't mind. No. I mean, it's, it's like she's there. She's one of the guys. But the... Uh, this is what amazes my wife because I'll come down stairs after the meeting and she's like, I just heard you. Said, it's just a bunch of people saying their call sign. I'm like, yeah, but they're checking in. It's kind of like, you know, the emergency broadcast system. Yes, with the of tone. course. These hams, are, they're ready in case there is an emergency. Yes. If there's a flood, if there's a thing, these it's guys have to deal. be ready. You want to make yeah. sure. So every night you go on and you kind of participate in this net. And it's just making sure that the the lines are open, the traffic's ready, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. When the you know when the poop goes down, yeah, the hams are there. Yes, right. Yeah. They get involved. It's a big deal. Yeah. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. So, okay, the Christmas special, which we originally started talking about, the rest of this has been amazing. Uh, it's going to start this week. It's really funny. And I'm not just saying that because I'm part of it. Yeah. I mean, we had a really good time. It's a great time. And it's funny how you can have such laughs over such mundane topics. Yes. You know, we're talking about, you know, do you like colored lights on your tree or white lights? <laughs> you know, and is uh, is the uh, Polar Express, is it creepy or is it a classic? Right. And people say, why creepy? You know, because mm-hmm. they, because the animation, it it creeps some people out. Yeah. And the diehard Christmas movie topic comes up. It comes up once uh, again. Is it? Was, it? I yes. Think we, I think we have think an answer. We settled it. We settled it, and I'm oh, not sure did. which way it goes. Oh, I know which way it went. <laughs> oh, I know, and you're going to find out, and you'll never debate it again after you hear what I have to say. Uh, and then, what are you doing for Christmas? What's going on in your oh, house? You know, we don't do a whole lot. I, being a, a the kind of Fox News personality I am, you know, this is where I get a lot of my work around the holidays. Uh-huh. I'll fill in for Greg. Aww. I'll fill in for this host. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll guest host over here, you know. So usually I stick around. We don't like to travel very far anyway. Yep. So Thanksgiving, um, we were probably going to do a little uh, thing in the morning with the Sisters of Life. We love to uh, help those. And my wife works Aww. with the Sisters of Life. And That's amazing. So we're going to go see them. And I think we're going to bring them some bagels and things like that. Very nice. And then we're going to come back and have a nice uh, meal at home. Uh-huh. And uh, Christmas, we always kind of do the same thing. My wife's Italian. Italian-American, yep. you know, so, so the seven we do fishes. the fishes, yeah, on Christmas Eve, yep. and then we usually have dinner at our place on Christmas. Are you a cook? I, I'm not really. Okay. You know what? That's an, that's something, there are certain things that I don't do. I'm I'm, I'm a painter. I like, yep. I like being, you know, I'm an artist. I like writing. I like doing the ham radio. I like sailing. <laughs> so cooking, I would love to do. I have, you know, I think I might be good at it if I got good at it. Really? You want, you'd like to find out? I don't know. You think yeah, you just uh, think I should just cross that off yeah, my list? Yeah, I'm the same way. I yeah. have no desire whatsoever. Really? I'm just glad that Sean can cook. 
Because yeah. otherwise our children would be starving right now. Yeah, you got to have one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, firemen, there's a lot of firemen cooks. That's where he learned how to cook. And that's yeah. where his father learned how to cook is in the firehouse. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great recipes that come out of the, the firehouse kitchen. So I want to see you on tour. I want the list of where you're going to be performing. How do we find that? It's on TomShillu.com. I just was on uh, Gutfeld yesterday, and so I had them put up my my dates and and, and times and everything on there. And I know people say, "Hey, well, you got to come here. You got to come here." I like to get out of town when I can. I'm gonna be. I think I just signed on to do St. Louis, um, but I do want to come to your town. Yes, and I don't mind if you yell. How can at me. we do that? Oh, you yell at you in the audience? Well, no, they can email. On social people media? email me all the time. Why okay. don't you come to Phoenix? Why right. don't you come here? And I say, I will, I will, um, and. And, uh, you know, you can't go everywhere because yeah. I have a job. I mean, I'm not a touring comedian. <laughs> I am I work on Fox News. And then when I get some time, I, I hit the road. And I do shows with Gutfeld. So. How is that? That must be oh, so great. much fun. How yeah. does that work out? That's great. I mean, it's we play these massive venues. Yep. I come out. I open the show with stand-up. Okay. And then I bring out Greg. Do you and, interview him? Yes. Okay. And I kind of take him through. So... I do a half hour myself, then I bring out Greg, and we spend an hour together on the stage. Yep. And we sit in these wonderful easy chairs, and I we show that. slides. It's fantastic. And so I I have the slide clicker, so I kind of keep <laughs> Greg disciplined, because he'll he'll go off. Like, what do you talk about? What kind of slides do you show? We, we show slides of, you're in it. I am? Yes. No. Yes. What? Yeah. We will show slides of you. I mean, he did a whole thing on you, you know, when you're, you know, the, the tragedy with COVID and you're, you, yes. Yeah. And so I think there was a slide that was Cuomo on one side and you on the other. And, or I think it was like Cuomo and they got the booze and then I advanced it and then it was you and everyone cheered. Oh my goodness. And so Gre- Greg had a whole bit about how you. He said, you know, Cuomo, they said that, uh, you know, he was taken down by that scandal. He wasn't taken down by the scandal. He was taken down by Janice Dean. Oh, and everyone my went, yeah. goodness. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so, uh, I don't, I don't, I have a swell of emotion right now. Oh, yeah. That's really, I love all of you guys. I mean, that's the special sauce around here is that what you see on TV is really true. Yeah. You know, and, and if Greg Gutfeld, you know, thinks you know, you guys can't get along, then he's not going to have you on the program. You know, it's just the way it is. But we all really do enjoy each other, like yeah. each other's company and want the other to succeed. Yes. You yeah. know, I think there's definitely, you know, people say, oh, is there a lot of competition around there? I'm like, what are you kidding me? It's like the we're, we're all we're all having uh, we're all sharing the airspace here and everybody helps each other out. And yes. you better be nice to each other because. You know, uh, if you see that, you know, Jesse Waters is running around and he's like assisting Bill O'Reilly, Jesse Waters is going to be on at eight o'clock pretty soon. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's like, so true. These, you can see people and watch out for Johnny because he. <laughs> he oh, Johnny, Je- it's Jesse's assistant. I said, yeah. I know he's going to have his own he's show. He's got him out on the street doing the. In- yeah. And I'm thinking like, geez, Jesse has a lot of confidence. I mean, you know, he was out there on the street. Yeah. And now he's like in O'Reilly's time slot. Yeah. Just think of what Johnny's going <laughs> to. It's so true. It really is. And it's a testament to this place wanting everyone to do well. Yes. Yeah. And giving opportunities. I mean, I started as a guest on Red Eye. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what happened when, you know, Greg said, I think. I How think did that would, happen? Well, I was doing Red Eye a lot and the audience 
responded. So yes. Greg knew I was one of the the you know one of the favorites okay. on, on the panel. So I did the show a lot, and then Greg said, uh, I, "I'd like to get you in over here. I want them to see you, you know, as a you know as a Fox News contributor." He mm-hmm. says, "I know you could do a lot of good things here." And I said, you know, I wouldn't mind hosting Red Eye is to show them I could do it. Okay. And he said, how about tomorrow night? <gasps> so he sat on the panel. No. Greg moved down to the panel. What? And he let me host the show. Oh, my goodness. And then, I, you know, then I had my demo tape right there. That is an incredible story. <laughs> I mean, it almost brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. That, that that's what he would do to help you out is be a panelist so that you could host his own show. Yeah. That's incredible. What an <laughs> awesome story. Yeah. It just makes me love him even more. I know. I know he does. He likes to be sort of that curmudgeon-y guy. Yeah, if he were here, he'd be like, ah, I just, yeah, whatever. I didn't want to, I had a sore ah, throat and yeah. you ruined it. And they canceled Red Eye because of you, Shalhoub. <laughs> he always says that. He knows I did a great job with yeah, his show. <laughs> of course he did. Well, you're such a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you uh, on during the holidays. Uh, so thank you for that. And my husband is obviously going to be on the ham radio trying to get your attention at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know how you you do it. I could just, you know, I could tell you, tell him to meet me on this channel at this time, but we don't want to do it that way. Okay. You know, I'm just going to look out for him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to look gonna... up his call sign. I can look it up. We you know. You can? Yes, because I'm, I'm in the club. Is so. there a, there's a book that you can go into? Yeah, it's QRZ, it's called. <laughs> QRZ, you know, because we use the... You go on to QRZ. Yep. Uh, you you punch in the call sign, and up comes the uh, up comes the name. Or wow. you punch in the name, and up comes the call sign. I love that. But you probably couldn't do it. No, I don't want to do it because I I'm signed in. I'm a member of yeah. QRZ. Mm-hmm. You know. So. I I feel that this could be a stand up routine right now. I know. I don't. You know, I have to do it for a while. Okay. And I don't know enough about it because if I'm up there making jokes about the ham radio community, oh, yeah, you and those be old guys careful. are like, what? You can't lampoon us. We right. lampoon you. Right. This is the, I mean, it's hollowed ground. It's, yeah. This is important. Yeah. You don't want to insult those guys. No. I always, that's why it's good to do all these new things. I'm humbled when I, uh, you know, when I take up a new hobby by the people who are good at it. It's always yeah. good to be bad at something mm-hmm. because that's something that, that's why, that's why young people pick up on things so readily. A lot of people say, oh, well, young people, they have, they're just better at learning. They can learn languages, whatever. They can learn instruments. It's harder for old people. You know what it is? You know what's hard? It's hard for old people to suck it up and be bad at something. Mm. So when you pick up the guitar, like I did a couple of years ago, yeah. try to pick up a for string the first instrument. Time. Yes. Okay. And you have to learn how to play. You got to go home every day and you got to put in a half hour of being lousy. Yes. And then you got to be lousy and you got to be lousy and you got to be bad for 6 months, a year, you know, whatever how long it takes. And then all of a sudden you can play your first song and you can wow. sing. So that's the thing is, young people are very comfortable at being bad at things cuz they're bad at everything cuz they're right. young. They're just learning. Yeah. And I think people when they're older, they think that their brain doesn't yeah, work as well I anymore. I do. It's just patience. It's wow. it's it's sucking it up and it's putting in that, you know, it's not a lot. You don't have to do it all day. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes a day, you're going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great life lesson that maybe people don't realize. Like, yeah. I just realized that. Like, you're right. I, there are certain things that I still want to do, but I, I kind of write them off because I'm like, oh, that's going to take time and I'm going to be bad at it. Yeah. But that's the secret of life. Yes. Is learning to do things and having an eye-opening moment that I still can do this. Yep. 
That's tremendous. <laughs> Tom Shalou, you're just the best. Uh, and the Christmas special is coming up this week. It's going to drop. It is called the... The Great Christmas Showdown. Right. And it's fun and amazing, and it will... I don't know. We need those shows right now, Tom. Yeah. Like the world feels like it's on fire. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that. And I want to come see you, come see your show. Uh, so thank you for, for doing that too. And I think there's a book or a movie in there too. I know that you want to, you know, refine it and do well as a, a stand-up act, but I think you can reach people with writing all of this down too. Yeah. 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 So let me help you with that. Okay. we Will do. All right, my friend. Thanks. Merry Christmas. You too. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again, Tom Shalou, for a wonderful conversation. He really is one of a kind. I so enjoy working with Tom. And you don't want to miss the great Christmas showdown. It's dropping this week, starting December 4th, on Fox Nation. So much fun. I promise you will laugh and smile the whole way through with some of your favorite Fox folks. So check that out. And if you want to find out more about Tom's one-man show or if he might be appearing with Gutfeld on tour in your neighborhood, you can check out his very own website for all the details. It's TomShalou.com. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.